time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. As I'm recording this podcast, it's a little bit before New Year's, but by the time it comes out, New Year's Day will have passed. So let me first say Happy New Year. And congratulate you for making it into another year. It's kind of interesting. It's an arbitrary date, and yet we always mark it as the beginning of something new. You know, there's nothing different about today as yesterday or the day before. It's just another day, another start. But every day is a fresh start, and every month is a fresh start. But every year has even more of a psychological power. I've talked about in other episodes my feeling about uh, New Year's resolutions, and a lot of times. I pick uh, one word to encapsulate what I want to live in during this year. And I can tell you at the point of my recording this, I've got about four or five different options and I haven't quite chosen which one I'm going to land on. So I can't even tell you what that's about. I might tell you about that in a future episode and tell you why I chose it. This is a time of change though. And it's a time of change for you, for me, for everyone. So the question I have for you is, what will this year hold for you? What are the opportunities that are coming your way? What are the changes that you want to make? What are the things that you want to see in your life that haven't been there before? Because now is a good time to kind of aim towards that. For me, I have several new opportunities. They're right on the horizon. There's there's one that I can't even tell you about. It's, I can't disclose it until it happens. And at that point, I'll tell you all about it. But the other I'm pretty excited about, and that's because my new book will be out in March. You know, I worked on it for quite a while. In fact, I podcasted parts of it. It's the Thrive Principles. There are 15 strategies for how to build a thriving life. Each chapter is another strategy, another principle that you can apply to your life. And that book comes out in March. In fact, I didn't know it, but it's now up for pre-sale on Amazon. If you go to Amazon and you can search for my name or Thrive Principles and you'll see that it's available for pre-order. So I'm getting kind of excited about that. I'm looking for how that impacts people and how it helps to kind of spread a message of how to thrive based on really some old principles brought into some new mindsets. And so if you're interested in that, please go look for that and make sure that you take advantage of that. I'm really excited about This is a book that's going to be in the bookstores, but not until March. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting that going and excited to have you along for that ride. Okay, so how do I make some changes in my life? Well, I thought I would talk about the two places in the day that I I tend to use as the gravitational points, as the pivot points for how my day is going to go. That's how I start the day and how I end the day. The reason I focus on those two points is because a lot of times the stuff in the middle, I don't have as much say-so about. Sometimes I have appointments, coaching calls, and other strategy sessions during the day. I also have content that I need to create for podcasting and other things. And so sometimes the middle of the day, I pretty much have to just schedule and run it through. But I have choices about how I start the day and how I end the day. And what I've realized is how I start the day forms how I go through the rest of my schedule and how I end the day gets me started again. A lot of times I notice that people start out with such a high level of activity. It's, it's almost as if you go from a rest period to an adrenaline burst. And I'm pretty convinced that that's not the best thing for the heart. 
there's some research that showed that the number one time for a heart attack is right between about six o'clock and nine o'clock on Monday mornings. Oh, by the way, the other mornings, six o'clock to nine o'clock also are some minor peaks. And that's because people are getting up and getting going. And I think sometimes they're getting up and getting going with a start. One of the things that I changed was how I got up. And that's the alarm I used. You know, there are those alarms on your phone that sounds like you're, you're going to DEFCON 5 <laughs> and it'll wake you up from a dead sleep with an adrenaline jump. A while back, I got away from that noise and I decided that I was going to use music that was soft and soothing. And so I chose one of my favorite songs. And if you're curious what that is, it's The Secret of Life by James Taylor. And it, it comes in very quietly on my phone and wakes me kind of gently So one of my strategies was to decide to not start with an adrenaline jump. That's just not the way I wanted to jump into my day. A while back, I changed my routine and I started getting up an hour earlier than I had been. Now, there's a strategy for getting up an hour earlier because that leaves you an hour earlier to get your day started. And you have lots of things you might be able to do with that hour. My suggestion is you use it well because... After that, the day often becomes somebody else's, not yours. The way I do it is I started getting up earlier, and I use that first hour to write. Actually, I have two processes that I follow. One is to write, and the other is to do a little gratitude practice. The gratitude practice is to come up with several things of which I'm grateful for that are happening right then. These aren't the broad things. You know, I don't name uh, my kids, or I don't name my spouse, or I don't name some some bigger things, but I, I really boil down to maybe an interaction I had with somebody, a spouse or kids, or or maybe something that came my way, or, or something that I just saw that really caught my attention and made me grateful for life. I reflect on those things from the day before, so I've been looking for those things on a regular basis. The reason I chose writing as that hour is because even though I write and write books, I have a, well, a love-hate relationship with writing. Part of it is because of my dyslexia. It's a bit of a challenge to do the writing. And part of it is just because it requires me to sit down and concentrate and, and do that. And so I've had a lot of people who said, oh, wow, you must really love writing. I, I love creating a message that might help people, but writing is a struggle for me. And so I decided I would knock out an hour a day before the day began. So I get up a little early, and my wife is still sleeping beside me, and I try to sneak downstairs and try not to wake the dog, because then Ziggy's ready to go for his day, and I sit down, open up my laptop, which I set up the night before, and I start typing. I don't do editing, I start typing. And and what I've discovered is the more often I do a regular routine, the more I'm ready to show up for that routine. I can tell you that I don't do it perfectly. I don't always get a full hour of writing in. Sometimes I do manage to sleep a little bit later, but my goal, given a regular day, is to get up an hour earlier and get that done. It might be something else for you. It may not be writing. It may be some other activity. It may be that you decide that you want to paint or draw or do something else during that time. Meditate. Do something that's going to enrich your inner life. And the reason you want to focus on that inner life is because it sets the stage for how you're going to move into the day. Whether you're, you're jumping out of bed a little bit late for everything, trying to catch up with adrenaline coursing through your system, or whether you're going to ease into it. 
So the first thing I do is get up and spend that one hour writing. Here's the cool thing about that. If everything else in the day kind of goes to pot, if everything else falls apart and my day just gets shot, I've already done that piece. And I can remember that I've already made that step towards one of my goals to continue writing and and putting out that information. So I'm already there. Not only that, I've already done a gratitude uh, exercise that gets me in the frame of thinking about that. I also do it in the quiet. This is not where I turn on uh, some loud music. If anything, I have classical music in the background or some jazz in the background, something that's kind of quiet and soothing because I'm trying to start the day gently and moving into it. Now, after I've written, then I drink my second cup of water. I didn't tell you, but that first cup is waiting by my laptop when I get down there, and I just drink down a cup of water to rehydrate my body, knowing that it's been dehydrating all night long. But the second glass is a little bit different. I've added some greens to it. That's not because I don't eat healthily. It's because it's kind of my, my insurance that I'm getting in all of the greens. So I have a, uh, a greens stuff that I add to my water, shake it up. And when I take the greens down, I also take some magnesium because I've discovered that most people are short on magnesium. We just don't get enough in our diet. And magnesium has huge benefits for your body, especially for your vascular system. And so magnesium is a piece I put in. I also do vitamin D, knowing that given where I live and the opportunities I have to be in the sunlight, I'm also not getting enough vitamin D. So I take that and then I add fish oil to that. So those are the three things that I take with my greens drink. And by the way, when I say greens, I'm not talking about a smoothie. I'm talking about the greens that you can mix in and it kind of keeps the consistency of water so that I'm not dumping any calories into my system at that point, just the greens. So I take the greens, magnesium, vitamin D, and fish oil at the beginning of the day. Now notice what I haven't done at that point. I still haven't had my cup of coffee. I haven't done anything that's going to bring in adrenaline into my system. I'm trying to ease into the day. My next step, just because I really like it, is coffee. So I grab my coffee and I walk the neighborhood with my dog. The walk gets my body going. The caffeine certainly gets me going a little bit. So you can make your choice about caffeine or no caffeine. But for me, it's something I enjoy. I walk the neighborhood, spend about a half an hour doing that on a daily basis so that my body is moving as I start the day. So that's the beginning of the day. After that, I come back, shower, Exercise sometimes, but shower and get ready to jump into my day. Which brings us to the night, because then the day is going to go the way the day is going to go. I've got those uh, those schedules on, on my appointment book, and I follow through. And then we get to the night, and that's the time when I try to reverse the process, where I begin to calm down after the, the busyness of the day and find a way of backing into some more quiet So a couple of things I do. The first thing is I always count back eight hours from the time that I'm going to be getting up. And by the way, I do believe that it's important to be consistent with both your bedtime and your rising time. Your body gets attuned to that, just like I get used to getting up and writing. So when I sit down to write now, my brain knows it's time to write. Because I try to stay consistent with my bedtime, my body knows it's time for bed. It's time to go to sleep. And when I wake up, my body knows it's time to wake up. People who vary their uh, uh, rising time and sleeping time find that it's disruptive to their sleep pattern. 
If you throw it off by a lot, your body has a hard time getting used to the rhythm of the day. So one of the things I try to do, just count back eight hours. If you need less sleep, that's great. Seven hours. If you need more, then count back nine hours. And that establishes your bedtime. Remember this. If you're saying, wait, I can't get more sleep. I don't have enough time in my day for more sleep. I'm not getting enough sleep. I can't do it. I would challenge you to try it for a month of actually getting the amount of sleep you need to see if that makes your day more optimized. You might find that you get more done in less time because you're not dragging around half exhausted all the time. Studies are pretty clear that we as a population run short on sleep. And so if you think you're grabbing extra time during the day and robbing it from your sleep, what you're actually doing is robbing it from the end of your life. We know that sleep is necessary for repairing your body, for getting the hormonal levels to to move in the ways they need to, for basically recharging, re-energizing, and getting ready for the next day. Imagine the same thing. We we plug in our, our phones and charge everything up every night. Imagine if you just let it charge a little bit. What you know is eventually you're cooking out your battery and it's going to run short when you want it. The same with your body. You got to store up that energy and make sure you're getting the amount of sleep necessary to really run at efficiency. So I always count back and that establishes my bedtime. So once I've had my bedtime, I know I'm headed towards bedtime. And so I make a rule of no real media during that last hour. I'm not going to read the news. I'm not going to watch the news. And by the way, I haven't watched the news in years. It, it might happen to be on somewhere, but I try to avoid it because I don't believe it benefits me. So I avoid the news anyway, but I don't want to read it and have something that gets me going again. There's plenty of time during the day to read the news and, and catch up on what ha- is happening in the world. You don't need it that last hour before bedtime. You're not going to change anything. If you hear about some war that's broken out somewhere, you're not going to make any changes in that war by knowing about it an hour before you go to bed, but it might upset you. So those are the things you cover earlier during the day. So no media in my mind. That's my rule. No media for myself for the last hour. I also set that up so that my my phone or my tablet go on night mode earlier in, in the evening, a few hours before bedtime. It goes to night mode. If you're not familiar with that, It's the capacity of your device to stop emitting all the blue light that it sends out. The blue light is a trigger to your brain to be alert and awake, that it's daytime. So I'm trying to minimize my exposure to something that's telling my body it should be going when I'm trying to tell my body it's time to relax. And so a couple hours before bedtime, I have my devices set so they automatically go on nighttime mode. That reduces the blue light I'm exposed to. Now, right now... I don't know that there's enough evidence to prove that's the case, but it's enough for me to feel like it's a good idea to do. So I dim the devices and switch over to the nighttime mode so that I reduce as much as I can my exposure to that. The last thing I do is a little gratitude, just to remind myself of the things that I came up with in the morning, just to remember those things, think about those things, and breathe in a little gratitude before I hit the bed and go to sleep. Okay, that's it. I pivot in the morning, I pivot at night. Those are the ways I pivot so that I set myself up for the best day I can have, which by the way, ends up creating the best year you can have. Happy New Year. I wish you the best as you work to start your day and end your day in a way that powers you through into an incredible new year. 
listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThrivologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.